You know what was cool going to the brewery? Yeah, the Hop Secret Brewery. Yeah, that was cool. Um, I mean, I'm glad that there weren't too many people there because then we were able to kind of just have the place mostly to ourselves for a few minutes. Um, people did trickle in and out, but it was pretty cool. Like, it wasn't, you know, packed. Yeah, um, it was for Sunday night, too. So, you yeah. know, you got to figure probably people are planning on going to work on monday but uh yeah well we went drinking on a sunday and went (laughs) went and went back to work on monday um that being said i do work from home on mondays um but they have some they have that really good seasonal one that was pretty good what was it watermelon Watermelon, creamsicle yeah something like that yeah that was amazing yeah and tonight i guess they are hop secretly sponsoring our podcast because are you drinking hop secret i'm drinking hop secret yes i like the name hop secret it's a good name what i really liked about it is that they had this really cool art and they had some like you know classic movie guys or whatever um and they had an arcade and oh what was that what was that it totally kicked your ass you didn't totally <laughs> kick your ass. You oh, got me on the a buttons few are inverted. The buttons they were inverted for me too, fool. <laughs> That's right, they were. <laughs> it was like kicks were on top and the punches were on the bottom. Like what happened? Yeah, there? but that happened for me too. Uh whatever. You got me for a couple rounds. I have a picture and... of one where I barely beat you. Exactly. You barely beat By me. By one punch. Mm-hmm. I don't know it was pretty cool. But I kicked your ass all the other time. Uh, well, you know. I... You won two rounds. I guess I I, uh, I was going easy on you that night. <laughs> I haven't played in the arcade machine in a long time, like the actual arcade with the joystick and the buttons. That was my jam when I was a kid. Like, I want to say from the age of, uh, well, from seventh grade to like at least eighth or ninth grade, I was in the arcades all the time, spending so much money, just getting good at fighting games. We weren't like my mom took us to the arcade once i think and that was um just because it happened to be across the street from la city college there's this arcade that's been there since we were kids i don't know if it's still there now but i've taken my kids to it for sure um back when they were younger but uh we went there once and then sometimes to the arcades at the pier in santa monica um but we couldn't spend money on arcades as a waste of money yeah. Um, and we didn't do a lot of video games. In fact, we did a lot of video games mostly when we would go visit my grandma's because I have aunts and uncles that are relatively close to age uh, with my brother and I. And they had like Super Nintendo and such. Um, and then my grandma, when we'd go and I'd be able to spend the summers like she swelled me rotten. Um, <laughs> As grandmas should and, and grandmas do. Too. Yeah. I don't know. My kid's grandma hit him with a car, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, I didn't do a lot of that. And then my brother got a PlayStation when we were in high school. The first PlayStation. Yeah. I you know, remember those days. CD that you pop up in the top and then just put it in yep. through the top. Yep. yep. Um, but all, that's all when I that. that's when I gave up playing because I couldn't make Lara Croft walk straight. <laughs> that's funny i i was thinking about how the video game culture like has changed so much like it's a huge thing is bigger than ever but the, the arcade is becoming like a dying thing you know like people our generation that's you know you would go to the arcade play a game and then maybe like oh my god they're gonna well, release it on a console 
Uh, but now kids are gaming from their bedrooms and just uh, twitching true. and discording. And But kids were doing that also before. Um, I know that when I lived in Vegas, I used to go all the time to GameWorks, mm-hmm. which is a massive arcade they had on the Strip. Um, and then nowadays, I mean, like hell, even Vegas, there's a pinball arcade, like all pinball all the time. And it's like a massive arcade that right, people go to. Right, but do you think that... Younger kids are like, let's go to the arcade as much as we did. Probably not. But I know that, like, for example, my kids, I can only ever compare to my children because I don't know what normal, quote, normal people do. But my kids like the arcade. Well, not saying they don't like it. And they don't do quarters. They do the card. Yeah. I'm not saying they don't like it. I'm just saying that it's a it was a. you know, it was a staple of the video game culture was going to the arcade because that's where it came from. Before you were hit, had a game console at home, you had to I go to it, the arcade. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's okay. Yeah. I, I think it's hard to judge because right now we don't want our kids out there mm-hmm. anywhere. Well, yeah. I mean, Any I, fucking place. COVID aside, though. But it's sort of like the same way with streaming and with movies. Um, you know, the theaters are not as big of a thing anymore. You know, yeah, it's I don't not mean, like, like I said, the highlight. I don't want to go to the theater anymore. I mean, I would for like, Beyond Fest, that's coming up. I sent you the link. Are we going to that? Yeah, let's go. That's the one. Antichrist. Wait, that's the movie they're playing? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I've only seen it once. (laughs) Um, I thought it was something else, too. Wasn't it like uh, Freddy versus Jason? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So there's a few movies. Um, Anyway. Yeah, no, I've just, it's, uh, you know, the world has changed and the cultures have changed so much and things, like I said, those were the building blocks of it before. You'd have to go to the movies to see the mo- the theater to see the movie. You'd have to go to the arcade to play the game. And then they brought it into the house. And, you know, now everything's at home uh, streaming at your fingertips, which, you know, is great. I take advantage of it. But uh, I just remember the good old days of going to the arcade and I guess kicking maybe, some ass. Maybe I'm not like, oh, the good old days because I didn't get a chance to do all of that. You, yeah, it wasn't the good old yeah. days for you. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to hear. Yeah, I mean... It's okay. I had some good old days. Like, I'm the latchkey kid, you know, and I was able to rent horror at a young age, and I was able to hang out with with my friends after school and at the park while my brother played baseball. Yeah. Like, same thing for high school. Like, we were kind of um, not supervised from the time we got out of school until... You know, my mom's boss decided to let her say, okay, you can go home for the day. Um, and that was pretty cool. Um, like, I, I got a job and nobody knew for a while. <laughs> yeah, you've told us that before. <laughs> I had a friend who was, like, super good at video games, but he also was rich and had all the consoles. But he was my let's go to the arcade uh, machine friend. And he and I used to do, one. like, I don't know if you you might not have seen this happen, but like we would play the fighting games and we were so good at it. We would be teamed up that we would take on anybody else. And, you know, people would line up and put their quarters on the side of the uh, screen like, hey, I got next. And me and him would just switch out. I'd play first round. He'd play second round. I'd play third round, something like that, you know. And That sounds like <laughs> something you see white kids do on TV. I guess. But we like ruled the was arcade. Was this in Massachusetts? No, this was in Florida. Um, but again, it's funny because like I, you got to think I was – from seventh grade. So I was at least between the ages of 12 and 14. And, you know, now that I think back about like, cause there were kids older than me and, and I'm like, we were like whooping their ass. Like me and him were so good at Mortal Kombat, the Street Fighter, Marvel versus Capcom, Tekken, all of them. And 
people would get like so angry that we would win so much. He was better than me. So like if I lost a round, he would play the the cleanup round to make sure that we didn't lose. But sometimes we could sit there and play for hours on like two quarters. <laughs> well, that sounds really cool. But I was never like that great like at uh, like fighting games. Like the reason I beat you is because I have quick fingers. And mm-hmm. that's mainly because thank you to the ladies. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> but um, I'm really good at the shooting games. Like when I would go to oh, arcades, that's t- what I would do. I would do the shooting games and I would do Area 51 and I would do Terminator. Terminator? Oh, yeah. okay. I was going to say Time Crisis. Do you remember that one? Yes. That was yep, a cool The one helicopters too. and stuff, right? Yeah. Well, we had that one where you had to like press the thing and the guy would hide behind and then if you let go, oh, you'd yeah, come yeah, out and yeah. shoot. Um, that yeah, was cool. It was like yeah. kind of 3D and everything. Yeah. I like the shooting games. I mean, you know, but I come from a family where, you know, you <laughs> family shoot of shooters. Uh, you, yeah, you shoot. Like, I remember when I lived in Vegas, I worked with my aunt and we would go wednesdays because we work together so on wednesdays we'd go because ladies shoot for free on wednesdays at the range and we'd go for our lunch breaks i mean it was but it's the kind of family i grew up in. Nice. Uh, i mean was exposed to because all that calmed down after a while um but yeah i mean but you know shooting like okay so today this so this week we watched cabin fever and this fucking guy shooting squirrels is that a thing Oh, yeah. Do you know how many fucking squirrels and frogs I shot with a BB That's gun as a kid? horrible. Yeah. Well, okay. First of all. Oh, wait, 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 wait. First of all, welcome to the ice cream parlor. I'm Heidi and this is Stefan. Yes, yes. Uh, we love to talk about horror movies and uh, we're back at it again this week talking about Cabin Fever from... Okay, not just Cabin Fever, but 2002. 2002's Cabin Fever directed by the... Eli Roth, the love of one of my lives. <laughs> the wonderful Eli Roth. Mr. I, Gore himself. Mr. What the fuck are you doing, Roth? <laughs> I think that um, one of the first things we talked about when we met was Eli Roth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I said something about, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty good. I don't remember what it was, I but I was like, was but not either, in an Eli Roth kind of way. Mm-hmm, yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's when we're like, hey. Now, <laughs> is this his first movie? Do you know? No fucking clue. Yeah, I wonder. I always wonder, like, how did he kind of team up with, like, Tarantino? You know, Tarantino helped kind of, like, produce Hostel and whatever. Um, you know, like, Robert Rodriguez and Tarantino are well, cool. I thought he, like, interned with, like, Howard Stern or something. Eli Roth? I don't know. I don't know his backstory, but he became a staple of the horror genre um, with obviously movies like Hostel um, and this one, Cabin Fever, which I saw when it came out. I I probably would have might have even seen this in the theater. I'm not sure, but I do remember it uh, fairly well. So um, I I kind of enjoyed rewatching it again and remembering it. And yeah, you're right. Shooting squirrels. Now, that fucking thing wasn't a BB gun, though. He said it was. He said it was, but did you hear how loud it was? It was like, bang, you know, and like the rest of the movie, they used it like, uh, 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 you know, oh, to distract the dog and make the dog run away or whatever, right? But BB guns are not that loud. They're like little pellets. They go like, kind of like an air gun. Um, so I, I was, uh, that was, that was one technical thing where I was like, eh, BB gun. But as a kid, and I don't know, this is obviously not something that's the greatest thing to, uh, 
be admitting to, but I lived in Massachusetts. Hunting and woods were a thing. We had a BB gun, and we would shoot squirrels and frogs and birds and other little creatures. So I guess creatures. this was his first feature film. Yeah? Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, being a director, because before that there was a short called Restaurant Dogs and then a TV series ah, called... So- Chowder heads. Mm, chowder heads, huh? Chowder. Fucking but it's Donnie fucking. Chowder heads, all one word. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I, I, great. That's disgusting. I can't believe you did that. I, I don't know if I could do that. I guess, you know, like it was, they say like, you know, that's part of a trait of like a serial killer or whatever, or a psychopath, you know, like killing animals and stuff like that. I torture. wouldn't brag about that. but <laughs> Well, I don't know, but I didn't ever see it as like, I mean, okay, now looking back at it, yeah, certain animals, I would, I feel like, yeah, if it was just killing them to kill them, which is probably what we were doing. But, you know, probably you Probably what, you were hunting squirrels and taking them home so your mom can cook them? No, you were on. But we lived in a place where hunting was a thing. Like, off in the rain distance, hunting is you, there was fine. a shotgun Hunting range. is fine if you're going to eat the food, but not if you're just going to shoot them just to be like, hey, I got them. Yeah, well, I don't know. I, my... We okay, so I didn't actually have a BB gun. My my uncle bought one, and he lived in our house. My mom did not like it, but I would go out and shoot it uh, a lot. And uh, you know, sometimes it was just target practice. But yeah, um, so I kind of understood where that part of it came from. And I wonder, so is Eli Roth from Massachusetts? Because you said his, uh, uh, you said something about the oh the chowder chowder heads. That sounds very New England and. Well, he was born in Newton, 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 Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Aha, see, that makes sense. That's why they call him the Bear Jew, and he comes out with the baseball bat. He's like, what? What's his name in that movie? In Glorious Pastor. Yeah, Donnie. The Bear Jew. Uh, yeah, Donnie Donowitz. Donnie yeah, Donnie. Don- fucking knock it out of Fenway Park. <laughs> um, but yeah, Aww, so I love that movie, Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, I guess he probably, pro- you know, that's where I knew there was like a Massachusetts tie-in. Sergeant Donnie Donnie. Now, there's some other shit that happens in this movie, which Oh, I- there's a whole bunch of shit that happens in this movie. Yeah. So, first of all, <laughs> let's introduce the movie. The movie, Cabin Fever, 2002. Did I say that right, right? Mm-hmm. 2002. Five college students, apparently after finals, go into this remote cabin to have fun, as they do. And they are... Suddenly, victims to what? We'll find out. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the <laughs> directed cool part by, of directed and written by Eli Roth, stars Jordan Ladd, who is that little blonde girl in Death Proof, oh, the one really? that drives the car, the one with the red car, and Ryder Strong, who is Sean from Boy Meets World. Yeah, I didn't watch Boy Meets World a lot what? when I was a kid. We watched a lot of TGIF in my house. Yeah, see, see, this is where we differ. You know, you watch TGIF, I went to the arcade, you know, just... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I know of T- uh, Boy Meets World. Obviously, everybody Topanga. knows Topanga. Yeah. <laughs> you just like um, your cleavage. But I didn't really grow up, like, being a huge fan of the show and watching it religiously. Um, I didn't watch it. When I saw Cabin Fever, I'm, I probably knew that that kid was from the movie. I mean, 2002. Yeah, yeah, from the show, I mean. Um, but, yeah, other than that, I mean, like, there's no, you know, there's no, like, real big-named actors in this movie. It's obviously kind of, like you said, it was his first one, so he was probably on somewhat of a budget or whatever. Um I, I I do remember the few things that I do remember about this movie were the twist ending 
at the very uh, uh, end with the shotgun and the uh, the homies, uh-huh. and then the girl with the razor blade. Those like stuck out um, well in my head for. So this movie, I um, I hadn't seen it in a long time, but I enjoyed watching it again. It was very, um, it was very like, uh, what's it called? Um, like copy and paste by a lot of things. Like for in, in like horror wise, yeah, right? But yeah. I think it's because watching it again after having watched a parody of scary movie and having watched uh, a whole bunch of movies with the same premise, you know, I think that is what did it. And then I, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, isn't Marcy a character in Evil Dead? Um, first of all, which one's Marcy? Not the blonde? Oh, maybe I'm wrong. You're uh, yeah, wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I'm wrong. Um, but I thought that Marcy was a character in a movie. But anyway, Marcy is, um, is she the, 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 the loose one. Yeah. Right. Um, but whatever. So it's such a strange, like, setup where, it, like, kind of like Pumpkinhead, where there's a mismatch, mismatched kind of couple. You got one that's clearly a couple. The other one, not so much. Well, but no, it's not that they were. Okay, so what? Yeah, there was five kids. One was a one set was a couple, a boy and a girl. But then there were other ones that were just friends. And just because Ryder Strong, what's his character in this? Paul. Just because Paul wanted to get in on some Jordan Lad. Does it mean that they were a couple? I didn't mean. Well, no, but he's want to see. He's trying to make his move, and it's clearly the evidence. She knows. She's giving well him up. hints, and he just yeah. doesn't man up to take him. I mean, but it's not even man up. It, let me rephrase that. He just doesn't have confidence in himself to go forward with it. Right. But what I'm focused on is the fifth wheel. Like, you're asking, is that a common thing to go shoot squirrels? Well, hell yeah. If you're fucking the fifth wheel, what else are you going to do on that kind of a camping trip? You're going to go drink beer and shoot fucking squirrels, whatever. You know, everybody else is trying to get laid. You know you're not going to be able to, like, step in on their party. So you're just there, like, just to have fun. Which, again, I think it's sort of an odd setup. But, you know, hey, there's there's always got to be a fifth wheel in, in the crowd at some point, right? I guess so. Well, so the movie starts like this. I know you love saying that. <laughs> what, did I just throw your rhythm off? Sorry. Kind of so- start. It's your, it's your thing. Go. So there's a hermit that's in the woods and he catches this fish and takes it back to his campsite and his dog is visibly dead. Yeah, he's visibly And he's playing trying to play with his dog and show him the fish he caught, but he's visibly dead. But the guy doesn't really notice that though. But his dog see? has his eyes open and isn't moving. Yeah, but and when he's laying he, on his side. I I get it and I thought the same thing too, but then he really does notice the dog's dead. Yeah, so. well and then he turns him over and he is Gutted. Slit down the middle, gutted. So he probably didn't assume the dog was dead. I mean, nobody wants to. Well, think obviously, he dead. didn't assume his dog was dead because he was playing with the dog, but it was like not moving. It was no dead, no, like yeah. fucking dead. Yeah, yeah. And there was. Uh... And also, when when things die, don't they shit? <laughs> You're never gonna let that go. Are like, you? how is he gonna like be like, oh? You're laying next to your poop. I, I don't think that all movies are going to take that part of it seriously, okay? I know uh, I'm usually the one who gets into the whole, hey, that wasn't real, and, uh, you know, but uh, <laughs> you got to let it go. People aren't going to wash their hands in movies after touching food. And well, they every should dead after body touching is, fucking chicken. Every dead body is not going to take a dump. <laughs> <laughs> um, Whatever. 
just takes me out of it. <laughs> All right. Well. Anyway, so then um, there are these group of kids that are heading to the to a cabin in the same woods. Um, we don't know where this is taking place, right? No, what state? No. It's just it doesn't fucking matter. Either. Whatever. Okay, yeah. Um, and they're and then they pass by, kind of like Pumpkinhead. They pass by this store. Yep. We call it kind of like almost every movie too, like. Um, the hills have eyes. They yeah, pass for sure. by the yeah. store, they right? Make it's a just pit a stop. thing. Like you should do this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just a horror movie thing. It's you should make sure you have everything you need yeah. at your last point of civilization. You gotta gas up, you gotta buy not, some food or that, whatever. Beer. But check in. Let other somebody know, know that you're there. That you're there. Well, they let this crazy guy, uh, boy Dennis, know they're there because yeah, it's crazy uh, little kid. Yeah, because what's his name gets bit by him and shit. But he um, gets bit by him later. Oh no, no, he gets bit by him he, there. He, yeah, yeah right. He bi- yeah. bites Ryder. But here's a, here's what I was thinking because I think I, and I think I wrote this down. His name's Paul. Um, I'm gonna call him Ryder, Ryder Strong's character. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> um, the thing is, he they, they pull up on this store, and there's this little kid who's got to be like ten. Sitting on the bench in front of the store on the porch, Just and Ryder goes and s- sits right next to him and starts to have a conversation with him. A little kid bites him. Ah, uh, Dennis bites him. Good. Some fucking creepo was sitting next to my kid randomly that we don't know. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah. yeah, bite the fucker. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that makes. Am a lot I wrong? Of sense. No, that makes a lot of sense. This right? kid wasn't crazy. Right? He was like stranger danger. This guy out of nowhere. No reason to talk to a fucking strange kid. Just starts talking to him. Not only that, but sits right next to him. And yeah, he's like, hey, right. how's That's, it going? Yeah, I get fucking it. I, I see what you're saying. <laughs> and then the dad comes out and he's all mad. He's like, nobody's supposed to talk to Dennis. Yeah. And like, where's don't the sign? Don't fucking talk to people's kids. <laughs> put a fucking sign up then. Why don't why, you? Why would I put up a sign <laughs> for you not to touch t- touch or talk to my kid? Yeah. You fucking pervert. So they end up getting uh, stocked up here on their uh, uh, party supplies and whatnot. And I don't know. Arrogant bastard. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I I was so glad you noticed that. I saw that and I was like, arrogant bastard. I wrote it down in my notes. (laughs) For those of you who don't know, Steph is not allowed to drink arrogant bastard because he becomes an arrogant bastard. (laughs) I I, I choose not to because, yes, I become an arrogant bastard. Okay. I choose not to. Nobody tells him not to. Because I don't like to be an arrogant bastard. But But, yeah, he becomes an (laughs) Um, we also see the well they set it up too to for this place to be real like a hick town and these guys are somewhat racist because they clearly dropped the n-bomb early off in the movie um which i don't know if it's something that they would you know i mean that's where that's where that's where well so it ties to the end of it when you when you mentioned that um yeah the twist the shotgun goes to some guys and the guys are calling and and the shopkeep is calling them his n-words because because he cleans their gun for them which i found to be even more racist than if yeah i really thought that that part of it really took me out of the movie it's funny it's but and funny, I, but and I put it yeah. in my notes too. I was like, "What did I say here? Ending is funny, but what's the point?" Like, I think he just d- wanted to do it just to do it. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's a little like. But for me, having rewatched it, excuse me, having watched something like Scary Movie prior, it made me think: Was it this movie or was it Scary Movie? Wait, what did Scary Movie do that? Like, I'm I'm a little bit confused. Where's the correlation? What I'm saying is it made me think, was it this movie that did it or was it some fucking parody that did it? 
because it's so off like oh, right, topic. Right. Yeah, like there's yeah, no yeah, reason yeah. for it. Right. Exactly. Like what's the point? Like I think I mean in the beginning, there's a point because they want to make it seem like you don't know who's the evil person or who's the bad right, guy. Right, which in is some like weird town. So like it's Tucker all like, and Dale. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so they're just you know make because even the guy is like, whoa, did he just drop the end bomb? Like, mm-hmm. and you know they're like, oh, fucking racist. So you know yeah. you see the those kids. This is 2002, so you know they're a bunch of white kids, but they're trying to be like, oh, fuck those racist hillbillies. You know, all right, so. I get it in that setup, but to, they could have just left it at that. Like to, to swing it back around and turn it into a comedic thing later on was a little bit, I don't well, know, whatever. What's the point? But yeah. Well, then, so then they end up going to their cabin um, and they get there. The The couple decides that they want Karen and Bert decide, no, Karen and Jeff decide they're going to, no, wait. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They get it on. Two they fuckers like, trying fuck to fuck. It. We got to christen this house quickly. Yeah. And then that leaves the other two non couple, mm-hmm. Paul and right. uh, Karen, yeah. um, to go skinny dipping or whatever. But then that leaves Bert, the fifth wheel, to shoot squirrels. Yeah. And what else is he gonna do? They're like, why? Are, and this is what this is what uh, made me laugh though, because he's like, uh, the uh, the character Paul is like, hey, why are you why are you even shooting squirrels? And he's like, because squirrels are fucking gay. Yeah, and they're like, yeah. you're fucking crazy. He's like, no, I'm just kidding. I don't care if squirrels are gay. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna <laughs> shoot them anyways. Yeah, but yeah, but I was like, oh, yeah. equality. <laughs> yeah, he's like, who cares if they're straight or gay? I'm he gonna goes, shoot I don't them care anyways. If they're gay. <laughs> um, so when Paul and Karen are at the river. That's when I don't want to talk about that anymore. Any anyway, Um, but then going back to the sex scene though, um, did what's his name get pegged? Yeah. 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 Something happened there. And he seemed to enjoy it. Yeah, I'm totally fine. <laughs> like fine. But it was like because it's this is in two thousand two, I don't recall it being that acceptable. Because it if you recall when we were then. teenagers, it was forbidden for a guy to go down on a woman, let alone be pegged sure, or, yeah. or admit to something like that. I mean, this is, you know, Eli Roth pushing the limits, thinking outside in, the box. I'm for it. I'm here for it. He's literally thinking outside of the box, <laughs> if that makes sense to you. Um, I think. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, you know, you get your little bit of a uh, titty shot in that scene as well, too. So it's set up to be a horror movie. Eli Roth knows his fucking... Uh, knows his foundation is building blocks um and yeah so we've got you know one couple getting it on the other one they're still playing like uh fucking first base second base yeah and then the other one's off fucking killing animals and he runs into the fucking uh hermit yes he does and shoots him because he thinks thinks it's a squirrel squirrel or some show or rabbit or whatever but then he sees that he has some kind of disease Mm -hmm. or he's sick and instead of helping him he leaves him to die. Why? Yeah, I mean, why would you though? I mean, I whatever. I probably because they're characters, right? We obviously later on that some of the characters want to be more helpful. I'm a little bit on this guy's side. Yo, stay the fuck away. I don't know you. You don't know me. I'm sorry. I shot you. Right. Peace. I'm sorry. I saw. I shot you. Let me go get help. Instead, he <laughs> pretends he's gonna go get help and forgets and drinks all his about it. Bastards, because yeah, it makes sense. So that BB gun does make a really loud bang in those scenes, and I was. Uh, you know, like that's no BB gun, but whatever. They had to, I, I think they had to make it so that way it didn't seem like he killed the guy with the bullet or was that threatening yeah. or whatever. Um, so anyway, the um, then they later on there the campfire and that's where Eli Roth makes his cameo. 
as grim. He, he makes the his, skater guy from Berkeley with a dog. Well, actually, and yeah, a pound of weed. He does. However, he's also quickly in a flashback scene right before then, like almost literally, like within two minutes before he makes his entrance. He's in a flashback scene as the bald-headed guy who works at the bowling alley. That That's not him. That's his brother. What? Yeah. That's not him. That's his brother. Yeah. Eli Roth has a brother. Eli Roth has two brothers in this movie. Really? Mm-hmm. Wait, what? One is the the deputy, whatever, and the other one's the bald headed guy from the bowling alley, which is the story, the scary story they share at the campfire. Hold on a second. So the yeah, I I I figured that was him with a bald uh bald headed. I thought it was his on. brother. Wait, when does he have it? Does he say he has a brother and he puts his brothers in movies? Like, I feel like this. I've never heard of this before. Does he have a brother that he put in his movies? You're saying the cop is his brother too? The fucking stoner cop guy? All right, let me look. Yeah, I'm a little... So, because I wrote down like Eli Roth, two characters. And the bowling ball scene, it was funny because there's some things looking back now where you could definitely tell they were on a budget and they were really like not... <laughs> you know, they they weren't at the Hollywood level production that he had for Hostel. Gabriel Roth, shooter number one. Eli Roth is Justin and Grimm. Justin. Yeah, that's his name, Justin. Oh, Grimm. Grimm. And then. And then um, Adam Roth was the happy bald guy. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, okay. so he looks a lot like his fucking brother because right away I was like, oh shit, he's playing Who'd two funk? <laughs> Brothers look alike. Um. So anyway, yeah. yeah. So um, but yeah, that's where he makes his cameo, and he's like. Not only is he got does he have a cute puppy, but he has a pound of weed, a bird named Pinky to the east. Uh, but Jordan Ladd's character is all for it because she's going to go to Berkeley next year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's already at Berkeley. And of course, Paul Ryder Strong is not having it because he's not he's riding jealous. her strong. Yeah, he is not riding her strong. Wait, the- wait. Guy pulls out a pound of weed and entices them to have him join their party. But then it's and then he rain. smokes like a bowl and a half. Like he hits it. He gives it to, I think, one other person. They hit it. And then that was it. He's like, all right, I got to go because it's raining. I mean, that's a. <laughs> but he's fuck? supposed to put his stuff away at his campsite and come back to their no, cabin. No, I know. But you want to at least everybody hit the fucking bowl first. And like, you know, even a bowl, like that's a small amount. Come on. Roll a joint or a blunt if you're going to be fucking smoking in a circle first like that. First of all, in times like these, like, is that what you, you guys do? Like share it with strangers that you know nothing about? Until this past year. Unfortunately, yes. My entire life, I've smoked with so many strangers. That's kind of gross. I guess so, but you know what? The magical herb kills the poison. Sure. Okay, speaking of which, um, he has a cute dog named Dr. Mambo. <laughs> <laughs> there must be some sort of reference to Dr. Mambo. What's that from? And he's a professor of being a dog. Okay. That's what that, That's a joke she was trying to make, and I'm like, this is the most cringy like, introduction because I, th- I thought it was, like, lackluster. But whatever. Um, okay. So then later on in the cabin, um, that Karen girl, the Jordan Ladd character that Paul's into, Paul being writer strong, yeah, you yeah, following yeah. me, um, she's telling a story about how she used to masturbate with her do- her mom's uh, shower head or whatever. Then she started talking about how she was in when she was in college, some guys, she was with some guys somewhere, and they didn't let her drink anything but beer for the entire weekend. And this leads the entire group to make a bet 
that they can drink that like they have to only drink, drink beer. beer. Yep. Yeah, they can't have water or anything, which is good because dun dun dun. The reason why the hermit got sick and the reason why the entire movie goes south right now is because the water is contaminated. Yeah. It's contaminated with who knows what. Well, we but don't know. on top of that, it also has that hermit. Because and just after that scene, after that bet, whatever, the hermit comes and knocking and nobody's trying to let him in, especially not the Bert character, because he's like, oh, shit, I shot him. <laughs> and they proceed to set him on fire and he runs out into the woods. We find out later that he is also dead in the in reservoir the, in the water, where the water comes which from. Which that part makes sense when he's dead in the reservoir. Now we know that his contamination in the water is also spreading. But what do you think? I mean, we have no idea. They don't ever let us know what was already in the water, do we? So let me tell you. Okay, tell me. I reached out to my brother, uh huh, Dr. Poop Science himself. Okay. You can follow him on Twitter, Poop Science. Okay. At Poop Science. Anyway. He's a microbiologist specifically for the water and sanitation departments. So I asked him, I'm like, hey, what the fuck? Uh, is this even possible? And he shared with me that it's possible, but not probable. Like there are a lot of people who directly hook their um, their cabins and such and they get water directly from rivers and streams and open reservoirs without any filtration. But the most common thing that they get is uh giardia which is like a pa- like um like a, a parasite. parasite yeah yeah or they get the shits really and that's usually what so... happens but well it's possible because it's possible it's not probable right it'd right? have to be something really serious in the water sometimes. right uh so but he does say that he's seen a lot that people just hook up because they don't understand you need to clean your water. Yeah. Now, what what would you call this disease or virus or whatever? Well, this it's would like be like a flesh eating flesh bacteria, eating, right? right? Yeah. Like it would have to be some kind of. So, and one of the guys um, involved in the movie, I think it was a sound guy, mentioned that he um, had some kind of flesh eating situation happen after some kind of surgery, and that he had to be in the hospital for some time, and that the sores that they have in this movie are very similar to what he had. Like they're, they're supposed to be very similar to what he experienced. But yeah. that's, that's scary to me because there's um, so much that can happen with your skin. And we're just all lucky every day that we don't have issues with our skin. Right, yeah. Because it's very vulnerable. Now, at this time in the movie, I feel like we're starting to realize that it's not like a, a whodunit or there's some, like, evil slasher guy. This is where, like, he's ta- Eli Roth is taking different elements from different genres, Mm -hmm. you know, because you got the cabin in the woods. So that's an evil dead slash Friday the 13th, so many other whatever. And then you've got people dying mysteriously or whatever, Mm -hmm. but there's no, you know, again, it's, there's no real killer. It's sort of just this biological, you know, oops, there was an accident. The river water is bad and everybody's starting to get sick. Um, Who would have known that Eli Roth accurately predicted 2020? You want to hear it? You want to hear it? Okay, let's hear it. There is a disease that is passed easily, and the only ways to combat combat it is isolating yourself and covering your face. 
And that's what <laughs> Jeff does. He survives to almost the bitter end because he covered his face when he was around everybody else and because he isolated himself from everybody else. Yeah. He would have survived if not for the third thing that we saw run amok in 2020. Cops. Racists and (laughs) anti-scientists. Like, like this guy, Jeff, he, okay, so whatever, the the disease takes everybody over and there's a lot of scary scenes, right? But finally, Ryder Strong's character ends up in the hospital and the doctors are questioning him because they need to know where the disease is from. Right. They're like, where did this come from, son? And so the disease. need to know. And so the doctor is telling the cops, you need to take him to the bigger hospital so they can take care of him. But the cops being as backwards as they are decide no i'm not going to listen to the doctor i'm going to take this guy and shoot him because he attacked one of my deputies and then ends up ends up shooting him and dumping him in the river that is also going into the bottled water for the quote spring water and also where there are other children playing so it's going to continue being uh, spread and it's going to so it's going to continue spreading because of their inability to want to understand the science. So Eli Roth accurately predicted 2020, 2020 COVID and the lack of desire to listen to science. Okay, he's 20 years ahead of his time. Thanks. Well, so 18. <laughs> well, I mean, the movie he we got to figure he probably took him a year or so to make, and he was you know first movie he well, probably they was filmed this movie in, like right after nine eleven, like yeah. they started filming like month after or something oh, like that. Okay, well, yeah, yeah. Crazy, huh? I mean, I, I get I like your theories. I really like them. They you know makes sense though, right? Yeah, I mean, who knows? I guess he predicted the future. We're in this crazy world now, but uh, and you're right. The guy covers his face and. Um, there's a quarantine and he would have situation. Had it not been with, uh, not, had it not been for the um, Night of the Living Dead ending, with those same bigoted police officers just shooting him on sight, just because he's there. Yeah, you're right. He would that, have survived, and he got put on a pile and set on fire. I, um, you're right about that, the whole Night of the Living Dead ending. I didn't even put that together, but. Um, again, another element that he took and kind of pieced in there. I, I did hear an Evil Dead reference at one point. Um, that there was, was one in the basement? Yeah, another one in the basement. <laughs> that was an Evil Dead reference. <laughs> exactly. Now, I wanted to go back a little bit because we're talking about um, like crazy things or whatever. Now, there was one part where I feel like... Okay, the scene. The scene? The scene. Okay, let's see. The we- scene of this movie. The one that's going to make you like dry heave and almost vomit it's like the, uh, it super is cringy scene the super cringiest scene and look eli roth knows gore like if hostile solidified a place in my heart for eli roth because of the blowtorch scene but i think this one was a very very adequate like practice for him because when this bitch gets into the bathtub and starts shaving her legs, <laughs> and and her skin starts coming off. Like I, I had to look away, that and that's is the saying scene. something. <laughs> it's the scene that I remember. Like I said, the two things. If you were, when we when you first said cabin fever before we rewatched it again, the, all I thought about was like this: the leg shaving scene, 
and the twist ending scene at the end with the uh, the homeboys, but <laughs> <laughs> but that uh, and, and yeah, that leg shaving scene was gross. And I kept thinking like, where 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 is this? Like, it didn't happen till like way later. People were dying and getting disease and shit was going on, and people were trying to escape and whatever. And it didn't. Ha- I was like, wait, did I miss it for a second there? Because I thought I maybe got up to go grab another drink or something real another quick. Another drink and. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, I just was like, wait, did I miss it? Did I miss it? And then finally it came. Um, but yeah, that definitely always stuck with me throughout the years. Now, there was another scene that actually I was um, thinking that you might have been talking about, um, which I thought was actually more cringy than that scene. When he tries to finger her. When he her- finger rapes her. Like, that's finger rape, isn't it? Like, she's well, so unconscious. She, she didn't admit, uh, I mean, not admit, she didn't consent? consent. Well, here's the thing. You know how you know when your partner's awake and you're doing this romantic kind of like, let's get something started, but I'm going to pretend to be asleep kind of thing? Like, that's something that really happens. And I think that that's what she was doing because she was... So that explains all the mixed signals all these years. So here's the thing. Like, um, <laughs> like women do that. Like, you'll wake us up uh, as not you, as but like, you know, we will get woken up, right? Um, and then we'll like just still want to be asleep, but still kind of enjoying what you're doing kind of thing. And then you kind of just like just lay there. And, and But she was enjoying it. Because she kept moving towards it and she was, she was smiling. Okay, so, so I she was think, sort of consenting. I, yeah, I think she was just letting it happen organically. And I felt like she was more like, oh, finally he decides to make Oh, really? Move. Yeah, okay. That's how I saw See, it. See, that's where it gets really complicated but, sometimes. Which is what was so fucking funny when he pulls it out. And, and I know, he was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, okay, in the moment when I was watching it, I was thinking like, okay, she's passing out falling asleep i didn't know if she was really like consenting to it or not and here he is just taking going for it now i get it see that's that thin line fine line that guys have to walk where it's like does she want it i call bullshit it's not a fine line that guys have to walk because just be observant just think about another person other than yourself so in this case if the if your partner is asleep but her breathing has changed she's probably awake and you can test that by seeing if you pull away if she pushes back towards you this is a like crypto no it's not (laughs) it's if you know your partner you know your partner all right well i can tell you that i know when my partner's awake or not and sometimes i just choose to go back to sleep Right. Well, I guess you're just taking the wind out of my sail on this thing. I definitely thought about it in the sense that, you know, she wasn't really feeling good and he was just fucking horny. And he basically was like, you know what? I'm just going to stick my hand down her pants, which I get it. In some cases, girls think that's the assertive man I want. In other cases, that can totally be some well, creepo guy who's just trying to finger blast a fucking girl. And I understand what you're saying. But you have to remember, it didn't start off with just, he just said, oh, well, I'm going to just go right up in there. He didn't do that. They started out with kissing. In that scene? In that scene. Yeah. They started off But she kissing. was passing out, though. She was done, right? They didn't, like, she fell asleep, right? No, I didn't see it that way. Um, I felt like she they were making out, and then she allowed him to do all this other stuff. Because he was working his way down, and it's not like... Um, and it's not like 
it just went from let me kiss you and then let me you're a puppet yeah. now you know and then on top of that when he found that she was she was bleeding and had all these sores she was immediately awake so had she been passing out like you say she would have been still passed out and out of it all right well yeah i get it um Either way, that said, don't do it unless somebody's consenting. But in this scene, I think it was one of those flirty kind of like okay, we connected see. and we slept together all night, and where we were we've shared this experience because they're essentially sharing a trauma of the guy having been caught on fire. And this at this up to this point, the only issues that they've had is she hasn't been feeling very well, and they just set a guy on fire. So she's upset. Yeah, well, and, it didn't seem like there, she was in the mood. And he's there consoling her. And and so that's why he ended up in her bed. But then they spent the whole night together. Um, and now this is him making the move after having consoled her and calmed her down. All right, well, I misread it then if that was the case because I thought it was kind of cringy watching it again this time. Like, oh, he's just fucking well, going to take what? advantage of her and she's sleeping. I greatly appreciate that you second-guessed that. Um, the, I'm not trying to fight with you about this. The one thing I do feel bad about is that poor guy is just trying to get laid, and, you know, he's he sticks his hand down there and comes up with the well, giant good, you know, you know, what ball happens? of red. Imagine he would have gone down on her just to, like... Talk about red wings. <laughs> <laughs> he would have been. He would have never gone down on a girl ever again after that. He would have needed some mayo. <laughs> Oh, for that fish burger. Gross. Um, but when he does finally get laid, it's with the other girl. Yeah. After her her boyfriend just leaves her behind to quarantine. Which also makes you realize that he really doesn't give a fuck about her that much. He just wants to get laid, which is why he went totally along with it, you know? Well, here's the thing. He was wanting the, for them to stay together, but like stay together, all of them together, but in his words, you guys keep insisting on touching her and she's already infected. So he was trying to take care of himself and they, in his mind, were already exposed. And he was right. They were already, you know, whatever. <laughs> but and if he really had feelings for her like that and he wanted to be with that girl since eighth grade or whatever, like he wouldn't have just. Who are you talking about? Ryder. No, I'm talking about Jeff. Jeff left his girlfriend behind right. and went into isolation. Mm -hmm. Ryder Strong's character put Jordan Ladd's character into a shed because they didn't want to infect everybody else. Right. But then Ryder and the the other chick hook up. Yeah. Later on. And that's why I'm saying if he really was, you know, he was that's why I'm saying going back to the other thing, it just seemed like he was trying to get laid, you know, whether well, it was going to be her. I think or he the genuinely cared about her because yeah. he did he, he he genuinely cared about her. However, he um they ended up having sex uh the other girl and 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 Paul uh writer's character. Um they ended up having but sex if you because had... because she was like uh because the, the girl was like Think we're going to die anyway. We may as well have sex kind of thing. But if you had somebody who you were really had feelings for, and it's on top of that, they're sick in the other room. Like, you get what I'm saying? Now all of a sudden yeah, he was like, oh, all right, I'm just going to go fuck this girl now because she wants it. I wouldn't have my mind on sex. I wouldn't. I would be concerned about my partner or 
Which is why I'm saying is I think he room. really, you know, sure, he kind of had feelings for her, but it really deep down he was just trying to get laid. That's why he went along with it. He, if he was really that, like, uptight about it, he would have said no and been like, no, I can't fuck you. You're fucking my friend. You're my friend's girlfriend, and I have, you know, this other friend I need to take care of, you know. Um, <laughs> anyway, it, it, did, um, it did lead to another quick, uh, you know, titty flash or whatever and i wonder if she pulled any of those moves on him that she pulled on the other guy um (laughs) i don't know it was a very uncomfortable and awkward sex scene like it was very much like just all of a sudden and very mechanical so i don't think and i think things like that when when you try these kind of quote moves with with your partner there are things that are built up over time having been together for a while and 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 you you trust this person so you explore i don't think she would have done that but anyway that's what i got um bert the other guy the one that ends up shooting the hermit and then setting him on fire he um he ends up at the store looking for help back at the store and then pancakes happens and that's when that little kid dennis did you just say pancakes yeah What's pancakes? He starts yelling pancakes and oh, does right, these karate right, right. moves oh, on yeah. him and then yeah. bites him. But as soon as he bites him, he realizes, oh, shit, I fucked up. Well, because he can taste it, I think. I yeah. think he knows right away that he, there's something in the blood. The kung fu moves were also like out of left field. Like I felt like that was like an ode to Tarantino. Well, this the, the actor, the little boy, Dennis, the actor, he uh, Matthew Helms apparently was a was good at martial arts and he was doing it like in between scenes and oh. Eli Roth liked it so he found a way to put it in there oh, for him, okay all right which I think is pretty cool yeah and I think that again if he was up and coming and trying to catch you know someone's eye like Tarantino putting a little kung fu thing into his little horror movie would <laughs> probably do it um but yeah, there was a, that was a, and then did you notice they had the sign up then finally? They were like, don't sit next to Dennis. Oh, no, I didn't see that. Yeah, they put the sign up. But uh, this is when the people from, from the store and the, the entire, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre family, like the Sawyers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they grabbed <laughs> very the much gun. the Sawyers. They grabbed whatever was in that fucking kit and a gun and they're like, he infected Dennis. There's a bunch of them still at the in the woods. Let's go get them. And they chase Bert, eventually killing him, but not after him and Paul back at the cabin end up killing all of the all of the guys from the store. Yeah. Which they they do a cool little like uh it's it's the fake out it's the open very, the door. It's like Kill Bill yeah. when the bride goes into um what is it, Michael Michael Madsen's. Michael Madsen's trailer. And it's it looks like he's rocking in his chair. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Um, and she opens it and he, he shoots, shoots her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, unfortunately, that guy should have fucking Bert, you know, fucking. <laughs> he should have fucking shot him. But he wanted to sit there and say, fuck you, motherfucker. And then he gets shot before he could pull the trigger. Well, like that guy, Bert, yeah. <laughs> he reminds me of like so many guys I went to high school with. Because I went to high school like on the beach like in the palisades bunch of stoner ass white boys and so i see him and i'm like oh my god there goes my high school years 
Um, but it, that was a, it was a cool little scene because then fucking Ryder comes out and smashes a guy in the and face he, with the he, shovel. He gets a guy in the ear with he the gets, screwdriver. Yeah, the oh ear and the screwdriver. That was cool. The big old like uh, Len, Lenny guy. <laughs> he didn't react in time. Um, the screw head. I put down screw head in my notes actually at that point. <laughs> there was also another note that I put which was called Kill Karen because that's what they feel like they ended up having to do they were like well we gotta fucking kill karen well he grabs a shovel and like starts killing her Mm -hmm. and that was gross and i think that's when he snaps and he runs out and um he runs out into the woods to try to save himself um he realizes that it's the water because he finds that it's what's his face yeah Um, he he starts yelling out into the the water he starts yelling out into the woods to jeff who's the guy that went to self-isolation um, that it's in the water, not to drink the water. Mm-hmm. He ends up finding um, uh, Eli Roth's character's body, like grim. Yeah, yeah now grim I, I had in, a quick a, question on cave. this part. Yeah, in that cave when he found the body, did you notice how the it was really dark and I couldn't see? But he was like, "Oh my god, it's grim!" And they showed something happening. Was I it thought like, it was maggots? Was it maggots? Yeah, okay, I thought okay. it was maggots. All right, that would make sense. I'm, I wasn't sure if because it was. Remember, his dog kept coming back to their cabin, but nobody ever thought. Well, where's Grimm? Because gotcha. they don't think of other people. <laughs> I was like, I wrote down like snake question mark because I wasn't sure if it was like something like slithering. It was really dark. Well, and was, I, I thought really it was tell. maggots. Maggots make sense. But that's when he ends up finding, um, you know, th- th- that's when everything happens. He finds a de- the deputy who's like this deputy for the sheriff's department but is also flirting with high school girls and they're underage drinking <laughs> yeah and he's so just like a ex-donor but he yeah, turned into a cop <laughs> exactly and this is when he finds them and they're like oh we'll help you because at this point he's covered in fucking blood um and they, they they try to help him but then a call comes in over the radio that says hey the guys in the woods they're on a killing spree extremely dangerous and so that happens. Yeah, and they then get into a fight. A few people get get hurt, but ultimately, this character Paul Ryder Strong's Paul um, ends up getting arrested and then taken to the hospital. Yeah, he really went fucking crazy at that point. He was like, "I don't give a fuck." Like, right? Well, I, I imagine this is where he snapped and went berserker. But um, then. Um, Later on in the hospital, as we mentioned before, the police officers take him out and shoot him and throw him in the river. Yep. But we do see children playing in the river. We see like um, what would be the mountain spring water leaving the facility, which is like just where the river is. Yeah. The kids, did you notice they come down to the river with a cooler to like fill it yeah, up? Yeah, they fill it up with a cooler and make lemonade, make lemonade and sell it to the yeah. police officers. So there you go. But, but, but here, hold COVID. on a second. Hold on. That little kid... Do you know how heavy that fucking thing was? You think that that little kid was going to fill that thing up and bring it back to wherever he made the lemonade stand? No, obviously stand? not. It's just for it, just it, for the story. Yeah, um, I don't know. I get it. I get it. But me... Maybe they're two really strong kids. <laughs> Maybe. I, I enjoy it, but in the same time when I'm seeing it, I'm like... I wrote here in my They're notes. They're not the always going to take cooler? a shit next to a dead body. And, like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but you're right. You're right. You're right. What I did, um, what I did appreciate in this movie, though, was um, it kind of left it open ended for like, oh, there's a follow up. Like this is 28 days later, <laughs> you know. Um, but it, it feels like if COVID had presented the way that this 
that this illness presented, people would have taken it more seriously a lot sooner. Now, the, you, there's a remake, not so much a follow-up, but there is a, a 20, shoot, 18 maybe? I don't know. 2016? 2016. I didn't see it. I don't know if it does the movie any justice. I don't know if who would even think about remaking it, but... Um, it was um, directed by Travis Zarin... C-A-R-I-W-N-Y. Somewhere he probably got Eli Roth's approval and Eli Roth got a production credit probably is what I'm guessing. Um, I just, you know, I don't know. Maybe They're the exact same characters. Karen, Jeff, Paul, Marcy, Bert, Henry. (laughs) So I wonder what they went and did extra because, you know. Oh, except the deputy's a girl. Okay. So Dennis is a Dennis. I wonder if he still sm- uh, beats up the deputy, even though she's a girl. <laughs> uh, it may be interesting to see one day, just to see the comparison on like why they remade it. Like, what, what, what was it? Was this person just an Eli Roth fan? Did they think the movie was that good and needed to be remade? Um, I do like what you're saying. It was open ended. It ends without us really knowing. There's really no true killer. It's a uh, biological disease or virus or some sort. Yeah, and we don't know. You know. It Wait, could, are we could. skipping over the fact that after um, Paul's character has sex with uh, that Marcy girl, he gets it through his dick? <laughs> he d- <laughs> he pours Listerine on his... Still gets like, it. Wait, d- he gets it through his dick? What are you talking about? They show him like scratching himself? No, but he, after shortly afterwards, there's like some rash like where his watch is. Um, and that's before he falls into the reservoir with the dead body. But he could have got it from all the handling he did. I mean, he literally stuck I his hands I just thought inside. it was funny that he had sex with her and then ended up whatever. Because he had been telling them, oh, practice safe sex. Yeah. He was a little bit like he busted in on him in the early, in the first, like when they first got to the cabin. He was like, Why? like let's go to the water and let's go in the river. And he's like, dude, what the fuck? Like, I'm literally... Like knee deep in some pussy right now. <laughs> Not literally, because that would hurt. Uh, some. How do you know? You don't have a vagina. No, I don't. But I've seen some videos. Doesn't look like it hurts for some women. They must have high pain tolerance. Well, I don't know about that gaping news. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yep, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the movie. I think. Did you enjoy it? Did, did you enjoy it more this time or or I think like I enjoyed it more the first time. The first time? Because like I said, I did get a lot of confusion as to what 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 I thought was coming up for this movie versus what was in a parody. Like mm, scary movie right. really fucked me up with her horror movies because I'm like, wait, was that the actual movie or was that scary movie? Right. And this one did have slight comedic element to it here and there. Um it's funny because when I watched it, I really don't know if I knew it was an Eli Roth movie. I I feel like that Eli Roth made his mark to me with Hostel, and that's really where I knew his name from. But I also, somewhere in the back of my head, feel like I did know this was... Like, I didn't know who he was at the time, but I feel like his name kind of stuck, you know, with the yeah. movie. And, um, yeah, when Hostel came out, then it was like, oh, okay, well, you know... Well, I think Hostel really put him on the map for me specifically. Like I knew Cabin Fever, but it was Hostel that kind of was well, Hostel, holy shit. I I need because that, I needed that movie, and I didn't know I needed that movie. And Hostel only came out three years, like what, maybe 
two years later. See, in a weird way, I feel like that this is his uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, where he was taking a little bit of, you know, trying to homage and pay tribute to a lot of the movies that kind of inspired him, as well as making kind of a fun little scary movie. And then he's got his second one, Hostel, which is more like Devil's Reject, where mm. Rob Zombie was really like, it's going to be a little bit hardcore. It's be so a shit fucking show. Yeah. hold on. And same, that's how Hostel was. It was, and he, you know, it almost created a whole another genre of like, I don't know, I guess torture horror or something like that. But yeah. Um, and then he did uh, Green Inferno, which I love. I love Green Inferno. Yeah. We, I think that was, we, we were going to do an episode on that I, in the earlier, early days of this podcast. I feel like we recorded something, but we didn't end up releasing it. Probably in our it. archives. Yeah. It might be in our archives. We'll have to watch it again, though, and just do yeah, it. Yeah. No, I, I really enjoy Green Inferno. I love that movie, too. Um, all right. I think that might be it for me. For today, right. do you Sounds have anything good. else? No, I mean, uh, I was uh, I was intrigued to hear that we were watching this movie. Like I said, because I've seen it before, and um, it was a fun rewatch for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I it was a fun rewatch. Um, it was gross, which goes hand in hand with Eli Roth. Um, and I definitely recommend it. Yeah. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, seen it. If you think we should see the 2016 remake, let us know because maybe we'll check it out sometime. Yeah, and of course, spread the word. Eli Roth predicted COVID. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, that being said, um, thank sure- you guys all for coming back to listen to what the fuck we decided to talk about that day. Um, it was super fun. Uh, thank you to... Um, Hop Secret, Hop Secret Brewery, Brewery for having us on Sunday. Monrovia, California. Monrovia, California. I'm drinking their Deep Space Double IPA right now. And let me tell you, it's pretty good. Yeah. And then they have this watermelon creamsicle. And I think that's an 8%. Is that what he said? Yep. 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 Yeah. So y'all need to check it out. It's Hop Secret um, Brewery in Monrovia. Um, all right. Well, that's it. Yeah, that's it for today. Thanks again. Catch up with us on icecreampodcast.com. Yep. And And look forward to our uh, next Ice Cream Sunday episode coming out soon. Dracula. (laughs) Von Hot Hot Movie. Yep, yep. So that's it for this episode. We will see you guys next time. Okay, bye.